0: WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. That's WonderfulPistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1715. Does having a higher body fat percentage make you less anabolic? By Leah Heigel of IdealNutrition.com.au. And I'm Dr. Neil Malik. Hey there, and a happy Cinco de Mayo if you celebrate. Welcome back to another episode of Optimal Health Daily. This is where I read to you from some of the best health and fitness blogs on the web kind of like an ongoing audiobook and always with a bit of my commentary at the end. Now so far this week, we've been talking about exercise and building muscle. Now this seems to be a popular topic, so we'll go ahead and continue with that theme. So with that, let's get right to today's post as we optimize your life. Does having a higher body fat percentage make you less anabolic? By Leah Heigel of IdealNutrition.com.au. Should I bulk or cut first has been a common conundrum since the dawn of the online fitness world. It was often a heated debate on Bodybuilding.com back in the day. Many people believe that getting leaner prior to a bulking phase can improve your ability to build muscle due to an increase in insulin sensitivity. The theory is that as your body fat gets higher, your muscles become less responsive to insulin which means nutrients are diverted away from the muscle. This may lead to less hypertrophic or muscle-building potential. Therefore, cutting before a bulking phase and or periodically throughout a long bulk phase could improve overall gains in lean mass. But does this theory really check out? We have a mechanistic hypothesis, but does it really work like that in practice? Stronger by Science published a review specifically on this topic last year, That turned the bro-science into actual science and addressed this question perfectly. The Stronger by Science Review and P-Ratios. The review looked at this concept through the use of P-Ratios. A P-Ratio is the change in fat-free mass divided by the change in total body mass. So, basically, an easy way to put a scoring system on how much body fat versus lean mass had been gained during a bulking phase. A high P-Ratio means you've put on weight with minimal fat gain. A low P-ratio means you've put on weight, but with substantial fat gain. This system starts to fall apart a bit when you have very poor outcomes, loss of lean mass with weight gain, and really great outcomes, loss of body fat with gains in lean mass leading to overall weight gain. But we won't go into that much complexity here. This is still a great way to view these changes in body composition. Eric Trexler, the author of the review, mentioned two observations that really had him second-guessing the idea that being leaner means better gains in lean mass. These were, one, bodybuilders, directly post-show, objectively some of the leanest athletes you'll find, seem to gain fat very rapidly post-show and not too much muscle mass, meaning they have a low P-ratio. Based on the previously mentioned theory, post-show bodybuilders would be super anabolic and be able to pack on muscle mass, but that's not what we see in a real world setting. And two, super heavyweight powerlifters and top strongmen have some of the highest rates of lean mass amongst athletes, yet usually have a substantial amount of body fat. They also tend to continue to make gains in lean mass while having a lot of body fat, so the theory really isn't checking out there either. Where did this theory start? The review also critically analyzed the research that many had been pointing to to back up their arguments in favor of this hypothesis. This overall theory stemmed from a review by Forbes in 1987. This was a research review looking at body composition changes of people who were in extended calorie surplus and gaining weight. The paper summarizes that those who were the leanest experienced greater gains in lean mass than those who had more body fat. So it sounds like it confirms the previously mentioned theory. But there are a couple of issues with extrapolating these data to those who are resistance training and looking for the best body composition outcomes during a building phase. Number one, none of the data included in the Forbes review were in populations who participated in resistance training. So already, it isn't comparable to a gym bro looking to get some lean gains. Without resistance training, there's not enough stimulus to the muscles they would have no reason to adapt and grow. Number two, some of the data actually came from recovering anorexic patients. You would expect greater gains in lean mass in very underweight people in a calorie surplus due to the fact that they would have lost a lot of critical muscle tissue previously. So the body will prioritize replenishing these muscle stores required for basic physiological functions. In fact, after these data were removed from the analysis, there was insufficient evidence of a relationship with composition of weight gain and initial body fat levels, which is very telling. And number three, other data came from weight regain studies after a starvation diet and extreme rapid weight loss. This would likely have had a similar effect on results as the previously mentioned data, in that there was likely a significant amount of lean mass lost during the overall weight loss, and it may therefore be easier to regain afterward. So basically, the research that many people were using to justify this theory can't even be applied to people who are resistance training in the first place. Looking at the research. Another argument in support of this theory is that research has shown that people with higher body fat seem to have a reduced muscle protein synthesis reaction to protein feeding. However, they also seem to have reduced muscle protein breakdown. So the overall effect on protein balance likely isn't significant. We also don't see a lack of lean mass in obese individuals. In fact, we see higher levels of lean mass in people with a significant amount of body fat, meaning that a calorie surplus is one of the biggest factors in lean mass gains, not starting body fat levels. To put this into greater perspective, a paper published in 1999 compared the body composition of sumo athletes across four different levels of competition. If there are any athletes that would clearly demonstrate that lean mass gains become more difficult with more body fat, it would be sumo competitors. However, what this research found was that the lowest ranking competitive class had similar body fat percentages when compared to the highest ranking class, even though the higher ranking class was on average more than 50 kilograms heavier. This pretty clearly demonstrates that lean mass gains can be plentiful even when high levels of body fat are present. Another good example, research performed on American football players. Stodden and colleagues categorized college football players into three groups. The skill group, generally with lower body fat percentages, the lineman group, generally with higher body fat percentages, and the big skill group, which is typically in between. The linemen started the intervention with much higher body fat than other positions. Yet, after one year, had gained the least lean mass out of all three groups. They even lost the most fat mass. Similarly, the big skill group gained the same amount of lean mass as the skill group. So not only are we not seeing a negative correlation between starting fat mass and gains in lean mass, we're actually seeing more positive results in players with a greater amount of body fat to begin with. Now, this isn't to say that more body fat means more gains it does disrupt the notion that body fat impairs muscle growth. Conclusion So, does baseline body fat percentage predict how much fat mass or lean mass a person will gain over the course of a building phase coupled with resistance training? Not based on the current research we have. If anything, those who are always aiming to be leaner before bulking are probably wasting precious time where they could be gaining lean mass. Weight gain is directly related to the degree of overfeeding, also known as the size of the calorie surplus. The makeup of that weight gain in relation to percent body fat versus lean mass gain is dictated more so by genetics, training stimulus, recovery factors like sleep, and how much muscle mass you already have. The mechanistic theory of body fat and insulin sensitivity in relation to body composition changes is basically the carbohydrate-insulin model of obesity revisited. Starting body fat levels dictate body composition outcomes during a bulk, as much as carbohydrates cause obesity. The evidence base for this hypothesis is also based on populations that aren't even doing any resistance training. So, don't get too caught up in P ratios and having to quote unquote cut before you bulk. You just listened to the post titled, Does Having a Higher Body Fat Percentage Make You Less Anabolic? by Leah Heigel of idealnutrition.com.au. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. To me here's the main takeaway from all of this wonderful research. If you have a high body fat percentage, or simply carry more body fat than you would like, this likely does not influence your ability to gain muscle. Rather, building muscle comes back to the basics. Meaning, in order to build muscle, we need to stimulate its growth. To stimulate muscle growth, we need to place some demand on those muscles. And second, we need to consume the right fuel to support their growth. Both carbs and protein help fuel their growth and consuming enough calories will also help fuel their growth. All right, that'll do it for today. Don't forget, I'll be back here tomorrow for our usual Friday Q&A. So stay tuned for that where your optimal life awaits.